it's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Hey, Movie Maniacs, my name is Sky, and I'm here in person. We're in the same room, finally, with my brother, Dusty. Dust, what's going on? Hey, man. Yeah, it's super excited to be here. So, obviously, I live in Phoenix. You live in Fresno. It's 600 miles away. But I flew into town because I'm going to the coast. I'm going to go deep sea fishing, and we're going with a buddy, and we're going to stay at his place over on the coast there in at Morro Bay. And we're super excited to do some deep, deep sea fishing and just really just relax and, you know, have a lot of fun. Nice, man. I'm glad you're here for for three reasons. One, it's great seeing you. Number two, we get to record this in person. And tonight we're going to Hometown Buffet with Dad and the family. (laughs) We always love the hometown, baby. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. We get so much food. Now, I was thinking, actually, on the flight from Phoenix to here, I was sitting next to a lady, and she podcasts, too, which was rather interesting. She podcasts about, like, she does massages, but it's like a special... Uh, I'm not going to get into it because I don't know. It's like your your special massage that is it's like into your deep tissues or something like that. Like I can't remember. It was something much like more therapeutic, apparently. Anyways, long story short, I was telling her that we do a podcast, you know, our podcast where we talk about movies. And I was surprised at, you know, she's like, oh, wow. And basically, you and your brother are that close. So you guys want to talk to each other all the time and hang out all the time. Like, yeah, you know, my brother and I were really close. And, you know, this is a great way. The podcast is a great way we can hang out together and really just discuss the fun things that we want to do, plus everything in our lives. And you and I do the podcast because we want to talk together. We love talking about movies. And if nobody listens, oh, well, we're having a lot of fun doing it. Exactly. I'm really glad we started this. You know what's funny is this is episode number 66, the Walking Dead podcast that we used to do. I can't remember what number. Maybe we got up to number 60 or 70 as well. So it's over like 130 episodes. And for part of that time, we lived in the same city in Fresno together. And we've probably only recorded in person like this this might be the fourth time <laughs> you know it's just it's it's such a bummer because it's so much better talking face to face because i'm looking at you we're seeing body language you know there's more than just the voice coming over the electronic uh internet airwaves you know it's much much better like this well yeah you can play off each other and that's why uh, shows like joe rogan um, shows like that where they're actually interviewing in the same room it really makes it more dynamic because you can see and feel and all that good stuff and play off each other so yeah absolutely and now i really love that you and i can pick whatever movie we want and there wasn't anything in the movie theater that we were really thinking you know well, we wanted to see ready or not but it left theaters yes Bummer. too bad for we're, we're too too slow on the uptake there when i took my four-week vacation there was like oh we missed you know obviously yeah. watching that movie um, I might eventually watch the movie if it comes out on, you know, or when it does come out on DVD or, you know, Netflix or something, I might watch it. It looks interesting, but you said, Hey, what movie should we do? And there was nothing else in the theater. And you gave me a list of like four or five movies. All of them are really good. But the reason why I wanted with this one, number one, I, I thought it was really funny. The first time I watched it was like 10 years ago. Um, but number two, it's on Netflix. And eventually, you know, Movies come off of, they go on and then come off of Netflix. Like, let's do this one before it comes off because I don't want to pay for it. I already got Netflix. Let's go ahead and do that one. So I'm glad you, you suggested Scott Pilgrim. Fantastic movie. So I know you're, you, we talked briefly over the, um, on the drive home from the airport, you said that you love this movie. What grade would you give this movie? I give it an A plus. I, I can't think of, there's maybe a couple other movies that are this fun. Every single 
just from from moment one in the movie, from the very beginning through to the end, you get re- weird, funny sound effects. You get cool clips, not clips. I'm sorry, cuts from scene to scene, and they do real quick transitions. People are saying funny things. You got funny insults like "you cocky cock" and and stuff like that. I mean, just it is such a good movie. So much humor and incredible action with pretty cool sci-fi. Not sci-fi. I'm sorry. Um, special effects elements. Yeah, man, I just absolutely love it. A plus. I. Definitely agree with you. Now, I give it a an A minus. I do thoroughly enjoy it. Um, I can, obviously, I kind of put myself in the role of Scott Pilgrim. Like uh, movies that I feel like, hey man, I could be that person. Uh, it bumps up. I don't know why I give it a minus, other than I don't know if I would like literally go watch this over and over again. Usually, A pluses are when I can. Oh shoot, let's just watch it, you know, because it's great. This is a re- extremely, extremely fun movie, and what I love is that. It's really smart writing, or at least it's clever writing. Not not just clever. It's smart. It's clever. It's quick-witted. And it's just really, I think, well-written. Storyline's fantastic. The jokes are good punchy jokes, like you said. Um, Quick cuts back and forth, like, hey, Scott, did you you cut your... Or you haven't cut your hair, and all of a sudden he's wearing the hat, like the the switch back, or things like that. It's just really... It's well-edited. It's well-storied, like a story form, told very well. And the special effects are great. It's it's a very, very fun, fun movie. Without a doubt. And you had said uh, the writing was really good, the comedy and everything. And do you know who the writer is? Did you look into it? I did not. It's Edgar Wright. Do you know that name? No, I don't. Uh, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz. Oh, that all guy. That, uh, or, yeah, yeah, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Yes. Uh, just really good writer, director. He did Baby Driver as well, which I'm not, I know you're not a big fan of Baby Driver, but I did enjoy that movie a lot. And I could see some aspects of this that kind of are the same in baby driver and a lot of his writing like he he has his character saying really smart really funny things quips back and forth and stuff but he uses a lot of music very well in his movies baby driver was a great example of that uh, but then in this movie as well not only like the songs in the background um uh, th- that were playing in different scenes, but also the music that they were creating on screen. Scott and his band and the other bands and stuff. Really excellent use of music in the movie. I thought their band was pretty good too. You know, uh, Sex Bob-Bombs. Yeah, Bob-Bombs. <laughs> I thought they were really good. It sounds like I'm stuttering, Bob-Bombs. Um, but they did... It was a fun band to listen to. I'm like, oh, I could see them, you know, back in the uh, 2010s. I, they could really be pulling it off and doing really well, but they were really enjoyable. Uh, I I like... Michael Sarah, I like him as an actor. Now the other guy that people and I confuse him with. What's the <laughs> other guy? Um, he played in the fa- Facebook movie. What was his name? Yeah, um, ju- gosh, he's going to be in Zombieland too. Zombieland. Why can't I think of his name right now? Dag, you're it. usually great at names. Normally. I'm horrible. But um, Jesse Eisenberg. Eisenberg. There, there you go. So between the two, I like Michael Sarah so much more. You know, when you get Je- um, Eisenberg like playing in, in uh, Dong of Justice. You know, it's like, oh man, I just, maybe because you don't want to like his character and all that sort of stuff. But I like Michael Sarah's personality, the way he plays it, and all the other movies. He's he's a fun actor to watch, and even like uh, Macaulay Culkin's brother. I, I like that kid's personality, like the way he's just it's just funny. Like you're watching everything that he does; it's hilarious. Um, but I thought the acting was very. I didn't I didn't notice anything negative about acting. Like nothing took me out of the movie with the acting. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Plus you got some big name people in there as well. Not like Michael Sarah, but even like the cameos. Um the guy who played Superman, I can't remember his name. Brandon Brandon Routh. There you go. You know, uh, uh, lots of other people that just came in like, "Oh, hey, and who's the main bad guy that was Gideon? What was his name?" Um Jason Schwartzman. There you go. Yeah, he's been in other movies, other fun movies. But yeah, so it was just a rather entertaining, but all the actors were fun to watch. 
Without a doubt they were. And I really liked uh, coming back and watching this again after I watch the Marvel movies and I see Chris Evans as Captain America. And then you come back here, he plays Lucas Lee, a total douchebag movie star. Kind of a complete opposite 180 kind of character. I really liked him. And that was actually, my, I brought it up right now because it's my favorite scene in the movie. My favorite action scene, him fighting Lucas Lee. But not just Lucas Lee, also fighting the stunt doubles and then tricking Lucas Lee into taking the, the grindy thingy down that rail thingy over there. I love that scene, man. So, and, well, thinking of this movie, when I'm first watching it, when they have the first battle scene, I'm... Because I watched it 10 years ago, so I didn't remember everything. I just remember the battle scenes were fun and special effects were really fun. But when they had the first battle scene, I was like, is this like playing out in his mind or is this literally happening? And so in the end, I have to just, I, I think now, this is a video game set in a movie. So it's basically an entire video game, but you watch it in movie form. Is that what you kind of see it? That's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. I thought it was brilliant, very, very fun, and super entertaining to watch. And just, it feels like, you know, we play video games. You see, you know, boss, then the next boss, and then the next boss after that, they get progressively harder. And then just like Mike Tyson's punch out, um, you, like, uh, what's the guy with the glass jaw? Like, uh, what was Glass it? Joe. Glass Joe. Like, you have to hit him a certain way, and you keep, like, whatever his weaknesses are, you exploit that. And, like, Mike Tyson himself, you exploit that. Uh, King Hippo, you exploit that. And so, in each one of the characters, he exploits one of their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is fun. Yeah, for sure. It was fun. I, I love that aspect as well. And that first battle, when you see him fighting Matthew Patel, if you aren't ready for it, your reaction watching the movie is going to be like Anna Kendrick up in the balcony. She's all, what? You can see a look on her face like, what is happening? And other people are looking like they don't know what's going on. And you're right there with the, the rest of the people watching. But then if you can get beyond that first fight, if it's not too corny or too goofy or too ludicrous for you, you're going to enjoy the rest of the movie for sure. Yeah, I completely agree because you go along with the storyline, like the the story that they're telling is that it's a video game in a movie, um, so it's it's really fun. Now, the first time you see it, like, what are all these side effects? Like, is it in his mind? That's the first thing I thought was like, is this going on in his mind? Like, is this really happening? But yes, it absolutely really is happening because it's a fun uh, video game set as a movie. Yeah, yeah, and well, so there's those are two different mediums right there: video game and movies. Did you know that this was based off of a comic book by Brian Lee O'Malley? No, I had no idea. Kind of an independent comic book. It was called, I think it was just called Scott Pilgrim, maybe. But they made like six different books. And they they just kind of compressed them all into this movie. They made a few changes and stuff. But you know what's weird? Most of the time when you watch a movie and you read the books, the books are mostly better than movies. Like 95% of the time, maybe. This is one of those instances where I love the movie more than the books. The books ah. were good, but not as good. Interesting. So you actually read them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Now, there, there's not too many, like you said, that have the movie being better than the books. This one is just so entertaining. The way that they, the quick edits, not, not like, because there are quick edits that are just bad. Like, they don't have good footage, so they have to do it. No, this is forethought. Like, they really thought through. Edit here really quickly so you can see this and see that. It's like there's no wasted time, right? Going from one tr- scene to another. No trans... I mean, bam, bam. Um, he, You know, he's saying to one person, come out tonight, we're going to be at the... And then just, bam, cut. You see the sign of the place called The Rocket. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't even say it. It just, bam, there it is. And then we continue with the story. Exactly. And it's it's... Clever and smart writing in order to do that. I thought, like, they they really well thought it out. Now, I was looking at the, I don't know if this is correct, but it looks like it lost money. So the box office, the budget says, I'm looking at imdb.com, $60 million was the estimated budget. First weekend was 
almost uh yeah 10.6 million and gross was 31 million for USA cumulative worldwide gross 47 million so they spent 60 million but 47 million was the earning at least right now that's what IMDb says man so it's it's interesting that it's uh, apparently lost money mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I really think it's a well okay that's just the theatrical release I'm sure back in the day 2010 at least 2011 when this came out on DVD, DVD sales tons of DVDs cult classic and I don't know how it works but I guarantee Netflix paid a good amount of money to the producers of this movie to put it on for a year so they've been making money here and there uh beyond it and then even we used to get uh, you know you know those monthly box services we got the one called loot crate and one time they had a scott pilgrim month or they had at least a few items in it from scott pilgrim so they've even licensed products and stuff you know so they've made their money back but yeah you're right initially and my, I don't remember. I'd have to go back and try to watch the trailers and maybe look at some marketing. Maybe they didn't market this the way they should have. I, I, I don't know. I, I can't think back to what the marketing was like. Maybe they were trying to piggyback up off the comic or you know the actual story that has sold. Um, it was a comic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe they tried to piggyback up off that and just try to play out the coattails. Maybe they didn't do enough marketing, but... Uh, well, I just, I really, really thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Now, I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite scene in the movie well my favorite scene is where he's battling lucas lee and his skateboard crew that's my favorite just funnest scene right there but my favorite like kind of like interpersonal moment i really liked the first scene with him and knives picking her up at school and then going and playing in the arcade and then they're doing the dual arcade battle together in sync playing the games and stuff you're first introduced to the nega ninja and that comes later into play you know with nega scott and stuff i just i like that interpersonal and there's all those other scenes with him and his band and him and kim and him and uh, scott or not scott was steven styles you know all those guys but i i like that interpersonally that first scene with knives that was great yeah and i like the way it rounds it out at the very end where they're actually fighting Gideon at the end together, and they're all like getting the perfect and all that sort of stuff. Um, now, I don't know if I necessarily have a favorite scene, but the one that always sticks out in my brain is him fighting the vegan guy, uh, you know, the Superman. Yes. Uh, number one, I was like, because I saw Superman. I knew he was Superman before I saw Scott Pilgrim. So I watched him. Hey, he's fighting Superman. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then he's literally getting destroyed. And there's one smart thing. He does this. And so that always, when I think of Scott Pilgrim, it's that. It's him, you know, oh, it's, uh, you know, my latte or whatever. Or however he says it. It's really hilarious. But that's probably the one that sticks out in my mind, being more favorite. But I just really thoroughly, I could watch the progression of each fight scene going forward and forward. Every like I could watch it over and over again. Like the beginning, it's good, really good. Um, clever writing, very very funny. But watching him fight to the next fight to the next fight, that is just really enjoyable for me. Yeah, and you mentioned that fight with Brandon Routh or Todd was the character's name, and I really liked how he's vegan and his vegan gives him crazy powers, and he's <laughs> vegan so he's better than you. I just love that. You know, you I, I imagine that's how vegans think of themselves. They think of themselves better than everyone else in the world because so, they are vegan. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. So there was a, a video that came out probably about, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago by J.P. Sears. Oh, I know J.P., yeah. yeah. He's hilarious. Uh, long red hair. And anyways, it's it's basically if meat eaters acted like vegans. So, I mean, he literally goes through every stereotype that vegans would probably do. Like if they're eating next to you and they have a big bowl of salad and you're eating a piece of meat, they're like... Ugh. I completely lost my appetite. And so he's the opposite. He's a meat eater. And he's like, you're eating that bowl of lettuce? 
I've completely lost my appetite or things like that. Just like, yeah, I can see how they kind of act like that. Yeah, pointing out the ludicrousness of being a vegan or their attitudes, at least. He's all, you're eating that vegetable? That's my food's food. I'm so offended by that. <laughs> That's so funny. That's hilarious, man. Uh, uh, speaking of just the vegans, I really like, you said that there was, in this movie, you liked the little cameos and stuff, famous people and stuff. I liked seeing all of a sudden Thomas Jane and Clifton Collins Jr. coming Absolutely. in as the vegan police. Such a smart thing right there. So funny for sure. <laughs> vegan police and take your powers. Yep. And they high five each other. Hey, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I definitely remember that. But yeah, all the, the little cameos of people um, just very entertaining, very, very smart writing. I mean, I can't say much more or not say the, what I always want to say, I go back to very smart writing. I, there's so many movies that have lazy writing. Yeah. Like, like Deadpool, you know, like, <laughs> <lazy writing. laughs> just kidding. But um, yeah, it's really, really good seeing a movie that's really well thought out. For sure. For sure. And you would mention uh, some of your favorite scenes. And one of my favorite smallest little scenes is after he breaks up with knives, uh, he wakes up or I can't remember exactly what was happening, but he's in the apartment with Wallace. Knives comes to the door, and she says, you know, is, is Scott here? And then, you know, Wallace closes the door, and he jumps out through the window, right? Oh, grabs so his good. jacket. Yeah, and then walks behind her nope, out. Nope, yeah, he, he just left. Oh, I love that. That's that's probably my favorite little joke in the movie, that yeah, scene right there. Very good. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, did you uh, um, uh, come up with any lessons for this movie? As I was watching it, well, I want to quickly go to the, instead of the lessons, I'm going to jump to the uh, Monday morning quarterback. Oh, cool. So because the Superman scene is more, the fight scene is more my favorite, the easiest thing, if you're ever fighting anybody, never ingest anything they suggest you to eat. Yes. <laughs> Any bad guy, if they're saying like, try one or two. Just don't. Just mm-hmm. don't partake. You'll be fine. Yeah, that's actually one of my lessons. That's my third lesson watching that right there. So perfect. We had the same lesson Monday morning quarterback. Yep, yep, for yep. Sure. How about you? Do you have, what's your first lesson? Uh, my first lesson is persistence is critical. In life, whatever you're doing, they wanted to make it as a band. Eventually, they got signed by Gideon. It fell apart because he died, of course. He got douche. blown up. Yeah, yeah he's a douche and everything. All that. But then his persistence with Ramona paid off. Uh, just persistence is important in life with whatever you want to do. If you know you want it, go after it. I love that. I completely agree. I know for everything in my business, every business that I have, I have a number of businesses. Um, they make me, I'm, I'm blessed to have make plenty of money. But it's because of the persistence, because I kept pushing through the tough times. And you can tell when the second act basically ends and the third act starts, like when he loses both, like he loses his band and he loses the girl. Like that's, that's like, Hey, this is the second act. Like, or this is the end of the second act. Everything. This is in story arc form in movies. There's first, second, and third act at the end of the second act, the main character has to lose everything and he's in the pits and then you feel for him. And then it comes back at the third act. And so you can absolutely see that. And he's persistence, persistence with his band, persistence with the girl. Um, so my first lesson is never, ever, ever cheat on anybody you're dating. Cause it's just bad. I mean, it's just, it's, that's your, you don't have any honor. You don't have any respect for yourself or the other person. You don't, you only care about yourself. And when it comes down to Scott, not breaking up with knives is because he's just being selfish. Oh, it's hard. It's hard to do. I'm like, it doesn't. Because things are hard doesn't mean you shouldn't do them. When they're hard, you probably should. You got to do what's right. What's the right thing to do? He wouldn't have been in the problem in this whole issue if he was said, "You know what, knives? We're I I just, we're just moving on. Like it, it it doesn't work out for us." And then pursue Ramona. Obviously, he's trying to pursue Ramona. But as soon as uh, was it his his um, Scott or no his um, 
roommate. What was his roommate's name? Macaulay w- Culkin. Yeah, Macaulay Culkin too. He <laughs> yep. he said you got to break up, and he should have literally said, "You're right. Yeah. I absolutely must do this. It's the right thing to do." No, it's hard. I mean, of course it's hard. But you're in this position. Deal with it like a man. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. And he is uh, 24 years old, but he's uh, not nearly, not not the man he needs to be just yet. You know. But maybe after this whole ordeal, winning her over, beating Gideon, making friends with Nega Scott, all that stuff, he's a man now, I would say. Yes. Well, <laughs> when he learned self-respect. Yes. That is something. Now, oh, and he came up and he apologized to everybody exactly. and righted it. Not really righted his wrongs, but at least made a first step to doing it. You Absolutely know? right. Having self, having self-respect or respect for yourself to do the right thing. Now, it's not just you know being arrogant. Self, you, self-respect. You could possibly take it in a bad direction where you just become arrogant and you think you're a hot shot, hot everything. You don't want to go that route. You want to be respectful, but respect yourself as well. You know, like, hey, I'm actually valid. My thoughts are valid. Don't always think, oh, one thing when they're going to do the face-off between the the um, two Japanese guys and their band, they're doing the amp versus amp, which is, I thought that was fun. That was brilliant. But at the, right before they start, the lead singer, I can't remember his name, he's like, we shouldn't even be here, man. Yeah. Like, so awesome. <laughs> it is It's like a, like a war. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know what's cool? I, you brought it up earlier a little bit, but each of the battles are getting subsequently or progressively harder. And I like how each battle kind of has its own theme. You know, the first one with Matthew Patel, mono e mono. I mean, he the guy had some sorcery powers and stuff, but it was one-on-one. The second battle was with uh, what am I thinking here? Lucas Lee. He had to fight Lucas Lee, but his whole team of guys too, but it was physical fighting. Todd, that was like a psychic kind of battle thing with the base battle too. That was a cool aspect of it. The fifth battle or the fourth battle was with Roxy. That was, you know, the two of them, uh, the two of them fighting her, but with weapons and stuff. Like I really like her gigantic uh, Mjolnir long-handled hammer. That's actually my prop from the movie because uh, I just I liked it so much. And then the the that battle was team versus team, Kachinagi t- twins versus them. And then ultimately it was against the big bad guy. So each battle had its own theme, and it got progressively harder. It was really smart writing on his part. Very, and they weren't like uh, theme, but they were totally different each. You know, like be creative, being very very creative. And that's what I love when you have a story. Somebody who's writing is very very creative. You could tell they really thought through this entire movie rather than just being lazy so yes absolutely so what is your second lesson you know honestly my second lesson i didn't realize it it's almost the same as the first lesson um at one point wallace in the movie said if you want something bad enough you have to fight for it and that kind of goes along with the lines of my first lesson being persistence so maybe my first two lessons are the same and my third lesson matches your (laughs) monday morning quarterback so we have some repeating here you know yeah well it's it, persistence is a fantastic word to use, but that's really, if you, that boils down to, if you want it, you got to keep going after it. Things are, life's going to get in the way. Bad things are going to happen. Good things are going to happen. Things that you don't expect, all that sort of stuff. You just got to make do with what you got and keep moving forward. Just, if you let somebody tell you no, well, then you've already let, you know, you've already given up. Yeah. I never, I personally, until I know it's time to stop, I don't give up. If there's any door open or if there's a possibility, I keep going until it's like, okay, now I'm beating a dead horse or I'm throwing good money after bad. You know, those, those type of um, termino- terminology, but like the sayings, I don't want to keep going down something that's not working. But if something's going to keep working, I know I see the payoff. Like for me, for example, I started buying rental properties back in 2006, 2007 before the crash. Well, the crash happened and I was like, oh man, I got 
you know, price cut in half of all my properties, but I was still making passive income every single month. So I was making money. And so there were so many roadblocks, but I was persistent because I saw in, Hey, in 10 years, I could literally quit my job. And so that's what I did in 2016, December, 2016, I quit my job and I'll never work a job again because even though I had so many setbacks, I kept going, kept building my business. Now I have multiple businesses that would do really well. And so it's because I said, you know what? I'm going to keep moving forward. And that's, I think the theme of Scott Pilgrim is keep moving forward. Just like, um, you know, bad guy, number one, bad guy, number two, all the way to the seven, just keep moving forward. I love that theme. You're right about that for sure. What else, uh, what other, uh, or what was your prop from the movie? So my prop, I really like the swords that they were using. Now I kind of would think, well, it's, it's a normal sword is the one that he pulls out two different swords. Uh, Scott does out of his chest. One, when he loves Pulls that sword. The other one is self-respect. But those are katanas. You can't really notice them. Or not say, it's not as iconic as Gideon's sword. So Gideon's sword, that he, you know, it's in the, the scabbard. or the Yeah, it's like a cane. But you can pull that out. I'd be like, that's the one that I would probably want. But then also Scott's base was with duct tape on and all that sort of stuff. That one would be pretty good to have as well. But I'm going with Gideon's sword. I gotcha. Yeah, for a little while there, I was tempted to take Scott's little pullover hat. He keeps pulling over, but yeah, that's a little too goofy. A little too, uh, you see that kind of thing everywhere, you know, people that live in uh, colder regions, I guess. Yeah, going along with that, one thing that I thought of, I saw, the or no, I heard the cha-ching or what, not cha-ching, it was the it is the flash gordon so oh, yeah. he showed the ring and it was green and it was like the flash gordon like that brought me back to what like uh was it the 80s i was like man i love flash gordon that's awesome like when you see um uh avengers the infinity war he's all, all right don't those are some flash gordon over there he's all hey that's a compliment <laughs> i was like absolutely i love flash gordon so when i heard that sound like loads of memories just <laughs> of flash gordon and youth and you know being like what nine years old thinking on flash gordon and all that sort of stuff so i love that ah uh, totally when you you just now mentioned i when i heard that part in the movie and saw the ring flash green i didn't put two and two together that that was a a, t- a flashback to flash gordon or whatever it is a callback to flash gordon but now that you said it i totally mentioned it or, or realize it but at the time i just loved that sound and i love just throughout the movie all the little sound effects it's like a comic book you know when you're reading a comic book and something hits hard boom you'll see boom across the screen you see that same stuff in this movie so comic book elements video game elements movie theme elements first act second act like you said all that stuff man this movie edgar wright does a great job putting all this together making entertaining movies and going along with that thinking, when he beats the first guy, change drops, but it was like maybe a buck fifty, and he's ooh coins and starts picking them up. Towards the end, he's beating everybody, and that's the way you do in movie or in video games. You get so much money at the end, you don't need it, so you're not like, oh, let me pick up all the coins. And so by the end, he's beating all these guys. There's coins everywhere. He's like, eh, I don't need it because I I don't need it, and yeah. you keep moving. And so that type of thinking too, like it's really well thought out. It is. Oh, for sure. I love that aspect of it. Um, what did you think about uh, uh, Kim, his relationship with Kim? I really liked how Kim was kind of, she was in a band with him, but it was obvious like she never got over their relationship in the past. I love all of her little snide comments at him and her quips and you're the salt of the earth, oh scum of the earth. And I, I, I really enjoyed Kim as a character. And I don't know that I've seen her in too many other movies, you know? I haven't either, but I really, I thoroughly enjoyed her. Now, uh, thinking of this type of personality. Let me ask you, would you hang around people? Well, because I completely acknowledge, every, I really like Kim's character. Watching her is fun. Like she's um, witty and she makes snide comics. But I also put myself in the position of, 
I would literally never hang out with somebody like that. Like that type of personality. Like obviously sex bob is we're here to think, make you think about death and stuff or, you know, dying or something. Like I don't think like that. And anybody that thinks like that is like, oh, like get me away from you. <laughs> I don't want to be around you. And so Kim's personality, um, anybody who's like just negative all the time, I'm like, you're bringing me down, man. You're, you're screwed up my mojo. Let me get out of here. I agree with you there. She's good in the movie and her role, like that role of the character is perfect in the movie. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. Can't uh, hang out with her in real life. So out of all the characters in this movie, who would you hang out with? That's a great question. Probably Superman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Todd, he's such a jerk. <laughs> I'm not afraid to hit a girl. <laughs> Dude, it's when so he good. hit her. Yeah. And same when Gideon hit um, uh, Knives. Mm-hmm. I was ticked off. So <laughs> yeah. with my boys, both my boys, I had to teach them really, really hard lessons. So when they were like, I don't know, three or four, they would, you know, like slap at their, not in the face, but like on the arm or punch their sisters. Um, and I beat the crap out of them. Like I spanked their bottoms so hard. I say, you hit a girl and they're like, yes, number one, that's a girl. Number two, that's a a little girl, like your little sister. That's a little girl. And I say this to them, how would you feel if I hit mommy? Should I hit mommy? And they're like, no. And so obviously I'm teaching them from the very beginning. We never hit girls. I don't care if they're kicking the nuts or something. You go away. Like you just don't hit women at all. Like I want them to know it's never okay to hit a woman. And so when I saw that on there, I was like, oh man, like, it got me fired up. Like I want to go punch that dude in the face. Oh, totally. Totally, man. But uh, uh, he is funny. Well, funny in the movie to watch and stuff because he is kind of an airhead, a dunce, an idiot. He doesn't know what incorrigible means, that kind of stuff. You know? <laughs> but no, I could not hang out with a guy like that. I don't, no. I don't know any of them. I mean, I, I really like... Uh, Scott could be fun to hang out with, but he's so kind of airheaded and up in his own head and dreamy. He might be a, a tough conversation to have, but maybe Wallace. Wallace would probably be the one, Scott's roommate. He's the one that seems most sane, most sensible to hang out with. I, You know, I, I do like Wallace, and I was thinking that too. Wallace, he's just a normal person. Mm-hmm. And he, the funny things that he says and like just the way he plays it, I thought it was really, really good. I like Wallace a lot, but in all of them, there's not really one, even like Ramona. I can't stand Ramona. Oh, really? Oh, well she's okay, but just so glower or is that that the right word? Dower? Dower? Glum? Glum, Like, uh oh my goodness. And the, um, his, his ex-girlfriend, um, she played, what's, what's it called? Um, Captain Marvel. What's it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Brie Larson. Goodness gracious. I, I don't know why I'm having brain farts today. So Brie Larson, his girlfriend, um, that personality is just so rough. Like, I was like, oh my goodness, I could not stand her. Maybe it's just the way Brie Larson is. Like, watching her in Captain Marvel, it's just like she's punching me in the face just by like, looking at her. Mm-hmm. Same thing in this movie. It's just, oh, I can't stand her. Maybe there are some good movies that she's played in that I would actually... But yeah, thinking about any, any character, Wallace is the only one that is kind of like a normal just normal person in a sense but yeah i don't know most of the people in there i can't think of anybody i would actually want to hang out with yeah I got knives you, is I got pretty you. cool actually knives is knives is cool knives you're is right. cool yeah just you you and i are normal guys so we just want just to hang a normal, normal person <laughs> you're right 100 percent there all right so well we talked uh well actually did you have any last lessons that we didn't so there probably are but really all it boils down to is being persistent in the things that you want mm-hmm. Now, if Ramona is like, literally, no, Scott, I don't want you. Go away. Like, I can't stand you. 
then don't keep going after it. Then you got to realize, hey, it's time to stop. Yeah. But um, but he knew she had some kind of conflicting history in the past that yes. she was trying to get away from. And so she was still winnable. Correct. It's not like she was like not wanting to be with him. Yeah, Correct. I gotcha. Yes, you could see the confliction between, is that the right word? <laughs> conflicting inside of her. Uh, but yeah, if the girl's like, no, I'm good. Then just like, okay, yeah. let's, let's move on. But yeah, so anything in life, it's worthwhile to keep fighting for because I mean, really what it comes down to, we're all going to die eventually. It's a proven fact. 100% of the people die. And you might as well live the life that you want as best you can, as long as you don't hurt other people, as long as you don't take anybody else's stuff, as long as you're going after the things that you want, then keep going after unless you get roadblocks. But yeah, so it's about persistence and making sacrifices to get what you really ultimately want. 100%. Yep. And that's what Scott did in this movie. So before we end this puppy, any last words, Dust? No, I... I I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Giving it an A minus is pretty high for me in general because normally we don't get an A's. But if it's a good movie and it's rewatchable, like I like I said, I can watch those progressing from the first fight scene to the end over and over again. It, I, it's the beginning, so maybe skip the first fifteen minutes and just go to Matthew Patel, and then from that point forward, you could Prob- do it. probably oh, even though all that stuff builds everything up, so mm-hmm. it's great. You definitely need to watch it from the beginning. But I really like the progression of now. It's a video game. Now it feels like a video game, not just like hey, this crappy kid's life. You know, <laughs> so, how about you? Totally. No, nothing else for me. Um, there are some really cool shots in the movie in the very beginning uh you're watching the band play but it's like a long 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 living room with them in the couch oh yeah there's certain shots like that that edgar wright is just incredible with what he does and like i said earlier some of the special effects are awesome you can't really see it but they have they've got to be doing some kind of a transition between scott's stunt double and him to where like when lucas lee threw him and he fell down and he hit the scaffolding and rolled over and all of a sudden it's michael Sarah's face and you can't you can't notice any cut in between like they just they nailed it with that stuff as well absolutely agree and i was watching for that because in the fight scenes he uh michael Sarah was actually doing a lot of the fights which yep. was fantastic you want to see that but like the rough fight scenes there was one i can tell like the whole camera was literally at his back because he's doing a lot of you know fun stuff and he spins around you kind of see somebody's face but you you don't know it's not Michael Sarah, but you know all the things he's doing. Hey, Michael Sarah can't do all this stuff. But when he pops back up, you don't notice any cuts, and it's Michael Sarah again. Yeah. Like, what in the world? That's yeah. awesome. They did a good they job. They nailed it. They did. I think maybe they uh, they just had a good uh, sci-fi. I keep saying sci-fi. Special effects crew on it, you know? They got ILM on this. They sure did. So let me ask you, what do you think about the director? Has Did you see anything else that he's done recently or will do? Edgar Wright? Well, yeah, he did Baby, Baby, Baby Driver. Driver recently. Yeah, but he's done tons of other stuff, man. I really like Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, The World's End. Like, he's done a lot of movies with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, and he's just great writer-director. Oh, two two things, you know, I wanted to mention to you was he, you, you might not have ever heard this, he was the first director and writer for Ant-Man. I just saw that IMDb. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That so, is cool. So but, Screenplay written, yeah. Yeah, screenplay. He wrote it. He was going to direct it. And then they've never actually said what it was. He said in an interview before that he wanted to make a Marvel movie, but Marvel ultimately decided that that they didn't want an Edgar Wright movie. Like, well, because like this and Baby Driver, he has a lot of his own ways of doing things and directing and ideas and stuff. And and they probably weren't jiving on everything. So they brought in a different director. I can, you know? I could see that. And I fully appreciate all the people, all the directors like Marvel thus far has done a terrific job with storytelling, directing, all that sort of stuff. So I can definitely appreciate their decision to not like Tika Waititi. I was like, man, I was looking at his IMDb. He didn't do much before that. I mean, little cartoons and little things for Marvel and Disney. But for him, like it seemed like this big first movie was this was, um, uh, 
Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Fan. I mean, it's like, this guy, this guy did it. Yeah. So they know how to pick talent. Oh, for sure. For sure they do. And the second thing I wanted to mention was originally in the movie th- or during the screenings, they had a different ending where he ended up with knives at the end and Ramona walked off without him. And then the audience didn't like it at all. So then they reshot this ending, which I like this ending more. And I was trying to think back to the comic books. I can't remember how it ended in the comic books if he ended up with Ramona or knives. My guess is it was knives. If they were adapting the comic book, just my guess, they kind of adapted the same ending. Yeah. I don't know, though. Yeah, probably. I do think that the way the story works out, the ending is much better. Yeah. Like him just all of a sudden now, oh, I really like Knives. Like, where in the Because crap? they battled like, at the end and yeah. teamed up again. That, that's not good enough no, for that no. ending. No, no. And it, they... They would need to have built it up. Like, he would have to be conflicted between the two. He was so turned off from Knives the entire movie, as soon as he found Ramona. And then the whole time, he was so turned off. If he was conflicted between the two different story, then yes, he picks or the one. Or if she was, like you had said, giving him the, the signs, I do not want to be with you. I don't want to be right. here. But then if that was the case, why would he go fight Gideon? You know what yeah. I mean? So you can't. Yes. Yeah, the story it, wouldn't allow, allow for him to be with Knives. Totally. It fits so much better with him to be with Ramona. That's the end. Like in every video game, there's an end goal. He was fighting for the girl, just like, you know, Double Dragon. Like you're going after, remember the back long time ago, Double Dragon was a Super Nintendo. Yeah. Um, you know, you're kind of going after the girl. And so that's the end goal. If you fight all this stuff, you know, go through all these seven bad guys. And then at the end, you don't get the end goal. It's just like, you, hey, you pulled the trick on us. Like we're we're as we an audi- as an audience. Not saying that we're smarter than that. It's just uh, uh, it, you can't fool the audience. You can't I fool really them. Don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It just doesn't didn't fit because the story you're telling doesn't relate to that. Like I don't like that story. You know what I mean? It's not that it doesn't fit. It, he could have just went with eyes, but I just don't like that story. I like it better. He was fighting for Ramona. Gets Ramona at the end. Absolutely, I agree with you there. So uh, before we end this puppy, any last words? No, I I loved it, and I'm good to go. Cool beans. So this movie was my choice, and so Dust, it's up to you. What are we doing for next week? So we usually release these podcast episodes like the week of. You know, we, we record them and usually send them out the week of. And so right now, we have Rambo coming out. I'm super excited about Rambo because of all the history we have, you know, growing up watching Rambo. So let's do Rambo Last Blood. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I have only ever seen movie posters for it. Uh, once again, you and I always stay away from trailers. I don't look at an IMDb or website synopsis. I just know that uh, uh, it's it's Rambo again. And I guess, I think I think Stallone's like 70 years old or 72, and he's still as buff as anything and still seems as tough as anything. I think this is going to be a great movie. I'm looking forward to it. And it kind of goes to show that if you continue moving, you keep staying active, you still do things that you really want to do as far as like exercising, stay fit you can stay that way. Like not stay, but like you, your body, you know, diminishes, but our, our dad, he's 70 years old. And just last year he walked through Japan. He went 900 miles walking around the, uh, an Island in Japan. It's the lower Island walk through that. It's like a pilgrimage thing. And he did 900 miles and he's 70 years old. And so you can absolutely do that. Like your age doesn't stop you. It's your mind that stops you. Your body can go so much further than your, than you think it can. It's just your mind stopping you. 100%. And along with that, not only physically exercising and, and continuing that, but then a guy like Stallone, he's such a creative guy, writer, director, producer. He's constantly working that muscle, the brain muscle all the time too. And so that's why he's still able to do this stuff. Action movies at 70 years old, 30 years ago when Cocoon came out and the oldest guy, Wilford Brimley was like 55 years old, but he looked 80, you know, like 
people are way different nowadays. You and I are, you're almost 40. Wait, are you 40? Yeah, I'm 40 Yeah, now. you're yeah. 40. I'm 41. And um, uh, like, I guarantee we, uh, we don't look like 40-year-olds did 30 years ago. No, no. Uh-uh. it doesn't seem like it. I was on the airplanes talking to the same lady I was talking about earlier. Um, she said, like, she asked how old I was. And she goes, are you like 30, 30, you know, 32, low 30s? And I said, no, I'm actually 40 years old. Yep, yep. On top of that, being my being 40 years old, I still do I still do Olympic lifting, which is snatch and clean and jerk. It's, if you watch the Olympics, that's the type of movements they do. And I feel fantastic. You know, I have uh, friends that are a little younger, not younger, maybe a couple years younger, but they're like, they're, I don't know, 38, 36. And they're like, you're still doing that? Like, why do you still do that? Like, that's so hard on your joints. I'm like, I feel fine. It makes me feel better and I'm stronger and I like it. So all those reasons, plus I won't like, I know some people, I'm not going to say who, but they're older, 70 something. And, um, a bunch of them, like they just watch TV. Well, you just slowly die. Like if you're not growing, you're dying. That's something I learned from Tommy boy. Mm -hmm. If you're not growing, you're dying. And I completely agree. So I'm always going to be growing. I, I probably when I'm 50 years old, I'll still be doing clean and jerk and snack because I I enjoy doing it. Yeah, totally. I guarantee at 50, you will at some point you'll stop, but you'll still exercise whether it's bike riding, jogging, swimming, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to stay active, be traveling, walking, all that sort of stuff. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm planning on being like not as buff as Sylvester Stallone, of course, because I don't ever want to get there, but I will be just as active as he is at 70. What do you mean? I remember when you were like 18, you were started doing bodybuilding. You're like 22 or something. You start, literally started doing bodybuilding. Yep. I wanted to, but I got out of it pretty quickly. By the end of college, I said, no, nah, this isn't for me. I can't spend six hours a day in the gym. It's a lot of work to do that. Now, I just do clean and jerk and snatch because I, I enjoy doing it. I, sp- I have time, so I spend about an hour and a half to two hours in the gym because I enjoy doing it. But yeah, for bodybuilding, oh my goodness. Yeah, I remember you want to be a bodybuilder like Sky, that'd be awesome, but I'm pulling for you. Yeah. <laughs> thinking, I don't know if he's going to follow through. <laughs> no, yep, exactly. Nope, that wasn't my path. So, all righty, everybody, thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate those ears. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you want to let, let us know about any life lessons that you took away, your own Monday morning quarterback, or your favorite prop from the movie, all you've got to do is go to watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 65 and leave a comment at the bottom alrighty then my name was Sky and I'm Dusty and we will return next week with Rambo Last Blood Blood